The MX Vice Show. Episode 100 of the MX5 Show podcast. Some thought we'd never make it, including us, because this has taken one hell of a long time. 99 is in such a distant memory at this point that um, I, I can't even remember when it was done. But we're back. Episode 100 is underway. And, well, let's be honest, we cannot miss another week for the rest of the year after that extended break, but we'll get into that. This is the MX5 Show, in case you've forgotten what that is. And we would love to thank our loyal supporters like Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Our loyal sponsors and people you'll be hearing a lot more from in the next week or two. But we'll get into that also. Uh, coming up, we have Leah Ask Vice Anything, of course, the Planet Moto bombshell of the week, and so much more as we break down the MXGP of Spain, a little bit of Fox Raceway 1, and everything that's going on in the world at the moment, because there's just as much going on off the track as there is on the track. Which is always, it's an interesting time of year when we get to June. Part 1 is, of course, presented by Fly Racing, who have redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes, as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. I'm Lewis Phillips, your host, as always, and with me is the man who's just completely messed up this podcast for the last two months. It's James Burfield. Hello, Lewis. It's uh, nice to be uh, back here again talking to you for once. Um, never thought I'd say that. Well, some of us thought we'd never see you again. Sadly... Sadly, you were very ill with COVID-19, and the sad part is you're now better. Interestingly, uh, it took more than two paracetamols um, that you suggested back in 2020. I can confirm uh, COVID is horrendous. Well, we're all very happy that you are well, back. Two years. Two years I escaped it. Everybody else in my family's had it. went within seven days. Seven weeks. Seven weeks. It's... I can't explain. And for the first time since I was 21, I didn't open a laptop for a month. We're very proud to have you back. So Thank you. I know you miss me. I know you're putting on a front. I know you miss me. The chances of you now like missing again next week, high or low? or No, I'm, every week I'm getting stronger. So it's uh, two weeks ago, I could hardly even breathe. Um, and two weeks later, it's like Jesus coming back from the dead. Okay. Uh 
unsurprising that you've compared yourself to Jesus, but hey ho, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, MXGP of Spain at the weekend, Maxime Renault went one-one for his first MXGP win. Yamaha's second MXGP win in a row. Tim Geiser's uh, momentum at the head of the field has dropped off a little bit, and that's made it more interesting because the last time we did this podcast, episode ninety-nine, things were not overly interesting at the front i hate to say but we've got something now things are happening things are trending in a positive direction we have parity the title fight is still all but over but on a week-to-week basis it seems we could have some new winners some surprise names on the podium and yeah generally there's just a lot going on in mxgp at the moment i'll open i'll open the podcast with this question james okay um last two rounds we've had two new winners uh calvin vlanderin and maxime renault yeah Who's the next new winner? Next new winner? Um, do you know what? I, it wouldn't surprise me if um, the next new winner is Glenn Koldenoff. Okay, that's not a new winner. I meant first-time winner. Oh, sorry. First-time winner. Um, okay, if it's not Koldenhoff, then I'm going to go for Bogers. Okay, I would go Jonas, but okay, we're in the standing construct family. Yeah. Um, Bogers, They've- obviously... They, they've got to be so pleased with how Bogus is 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 rode this year. I mean, he, the guy just keeps going from strength to strength. It literally makes zero sense how Bogus is this good. Like, I have no idea. I never in a million years would have thought Bogus would be on the podium at this track. And well, like Lommel, maybe, but he told me at the start of the year the only thing he's changed is he's gone vegan. I'm glad that you brought that up because obviously when we were doing podcasts, you were hitting that button at every opportunity and we're less than 10 minutes in and you've cracked that one straight back out. It's fine, James. We've got that now. Just, just saying. You, just just rest, e- people. rest easy knowing that we all have got that bit of information from you and we thank you for that. When now I return can... to racing, I will be a vegan athlete because if it does, if it's done that to Bogus, I want to see what it can do to me. I reckon um, I'm talking a second a lap. Circling back round to the winner, obviously I was on record as saying I didn't think Maxime Renault would win this year. Yeah, um, you were. I don't think anyone... Uh, me? I don't think even those who thought that me? his... Okay, if you can let me finish. Oh, we're straight back in, aren't we? Where we were. Um, even those who supported his move to the 450, I don't think anyone expected things to be going this well on a consistent basis. But he is, I would say, undoubtedly the second best rider in this champion. Ah, no, actually, because it's Prado. He's definitely the third best rider in the championship, potentially second, I would say. I think that's a fair assessment, right? Uh, well, given that he's second in the championship standings, I would definitely say he's the second best person in the championship. Because... Well, Prado missed a round, so let's not forget that. Still missed a round. P- Prado wasn't up to the task. Okay, again. Uh... Renault is, so... Okay. I don't really know what. Uh, well, you could say Hurlins missed, missed missed the whole season. Is he the first? Is he the best rider? Well, he's not class? in this championship, so we can't like. He's not really a part of the conversation. Is okay. my point. Um, if Hurlins retires, should we bring him in as well? Okay. Um, really. So, how's that COVID feeling? Do you reckon it's going to come back at any point? <laughs> Maybe hit you a bit harder, or <laughs> carry on. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone uh, saw this coming, and I'd also say which is also equally as surprising, he is the undisputed number one rider under that Yamaha team. I think no one can really argue with that at the moment. Um, Koldenoff is coming on strong and definitely hitting his best form 
that he's been in since joining Yamaha, but Renault was ahead of him at the weekend and is definitely just a tick ahead. Sue was dealing with his own little struggles. So I'd say, um, yeah, undisputed number one rider on Yamaha's factory team, which again is such a surprise to say. Who would have thought going into this year that he would be the leading Yamaha rider? Can you believe it? It's like, and, and the thing is, is he seems to have been, he seems to have dialed in himself with that bike where everybody else seems to be struggling a little bit um maybe they should all be looking at what he's doing i think um i think if you're going to go down that road and also who's struggling with that bike just sewer glenn's obviously got it in a sweet spot now um but i think in those situations it is a case of renault knows no better he's never ridden a 450 before raced a 450 before so what he's got is kind of like he's got nothing to compare that to so i think there's a bit of, I think naivety helps in that situation. Like sometimes you can know too much in all walks of life. And in five years time, Renault will have a catalogue of how to compare his bike to other 450s that he's rode for set up last year, blah, blah, blah. I think that naivety does come into it at some point there. Um, obviously, that's a good thing. That works. One of the most surprising things about Renault's, um, the way he's handled himself this year, is he really hasn't been passed at all, which is surprising in itself. Um, he has Andy's, been, pa- and he's had a big crash as well. Everybody wondered, wondered how he would uh, react after he's had the first big, big one on the bike, and he and he's done well to respond from that. I don't remember a big crash. Yeah, he's had a big crash. When? Uh, sometime this year, he had a big one. I mean, I'm not disputing it, but I have no memory of him crashing big. Was it Portugal? He went 11-11 in Portugal, but I don't remember a big crash. I remember he crashed a lot, or there was a lot of mistakes, but I don't remember a big crash like you seem to be referring to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a big one. Okay, Um, But yeah, if you look at the stats, then Renault has never been passed a lot at a single round. He's lost one one position here, two positions here, but he's been passed for fourth least times in the MXGP class, which again says something about his, um, his stature in the class. The fact he is competitive and he doesn't get shuffled back after a good start. He doesn't get uh, moved around. He doesn't get uh, bullied out there. Like he is one of the guys. And I think I would imagine that the dynamic under that Yamaha tent is very much favoring him now because Yamaha must be thinking they're onto something. You gotta be excited if you're in Yamaha and looking at that kid who's literally just gone 1-1 the weekend and just thinking this is what we need to be. We need to be building our team. We need to be building our future around this kid. Well, I think they, I would imagine they are doing that. And it's also interesting because I believe, well, no, I would almost certainly say he's the lowest paid rider on that team. Absolutely. Because and, uh, he's, a, he's given them a lot of bang for their buck at the moment. Well, obviously he won the world championship last year, but this was a, it's, this wasn't a new contract. This is still his existing contract that he signed before he won the world championship. Maybe there was a kicker in there for once he won a world championship or something along those lines, but there's no way I would imagine that he's matching a salary of, um, Cold enough or Sewer. Um, seeing as we're talking about him, Sewer is um he's on the old struggle bus at the moment. Bless him. Um, he's really struggling with bike setup, which has also come a little bit from the confidence that he lost in his Argentina crash. That is still playing on his mind a little bit, and ever since then he's just not been able to get comfortable. So mind or a bit of mind, maybe a bit of is, bike setup, a bit of everything. He managed to track down his shirt yet? <laughs> No, we, that, 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 that's gone forever. Because he was in a bad way, hey, after Argentina. Yeah, but again, that was three months ago, so we don't need to retract that. Um, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that concussion takes 
quite a long time to uh, you need to recover from concussion it takes a, a long time it's not two or three weeks yeah, but it's not the struggle it's six not, months it's not that it's a, it's just confidence the confidence from the big crash like it's knocked him a little bit um and he just can't get comfortable on the bike and also uh around uh majora time i don't know if it's still the case now but two rounds ago in majora he said that ever since that crash he's had arm pump and he's never suffered with it before and he doesn't have a clue what happened in that crash, but something has given him arm pump in the weeks that have followed. I'm not sure if that's still the case now, but um, definitely struggling with bike setup and not afraid to go into specifics in the MX Vice post-race podcast. But just is- say, saying that, Lewis, they've actually attributed a lot of arm pump down to um, it being a mental thing where you're you're basically holding on too tight or you're you know, anxiety, stress, that type of thing. And it's, you know, it's, it's pumping up the arms. So it, it concussion and he's had arm pumps since then. It you know it could all be linked to something as simple as he's still not recovered from from the concussion he had. He's definitely recovered from the concussions he's had. I could tell you that. Um, but maybe co- but confidence wise, as I've been saying, obviously not quite. So um, where where did you get your doctorate? Your PhD? Where did you get it from? Oh, um, well, I go to this thing called the races. And in talking to the riders on the record and off the record, they tell me, oh, yeah, no, I'm completely fine. There's nothing wrong with that now. I'm completely fine with that. And I go, okay, thanks for letting me know. I'll pass that on to the people. Okay. No, I'm just saying that. Um, yeah, I just, I just can't believe that concussion can just be cleared up after, you know, a month or so. Well, you know, the good thing is that I can at the next GP, whenever a rider tells me something about themselves, I can just immediately hit back with, well, I think you're wrong. No rider is going to tell you the truth about a concussion. That's, uh, concussion's that serious. You're not familiar with the MX Vice post-race podcast, but I can. everyone who does listen to them can attest to the fact that Jeremy would definitely say, because he's not afraid to say much else. So okay. um, he would definitely mention that if it was a thing, because he's definitely not scared to touch on things that he maybe shouldn't do. Um, okay. Sardinia, he struggled with gearing. Spain, he struggled with um, rear shock front forks, just finding a balance there, finding a sweet spot between them both. Um, went into a lot of detail in the MXY's post-race podcast. Too much for me to recite here because uh, over my head, some of it. Um, but if you want to deep, deep dive into how to set up your YZ450, then um, yeah, I'd recommend listening to that because he may even have some tips for you. That's how uh, that's how deep he went. Um Geyser is struggling with the illness that he had in Sardinia. Not so much for illness now, but the after effects of it. I also think that this is a little bit a f- part of his momentum being disrupted and just struggling to get that back. When the ball's rolling, the ball's rolling. When it's not, it's not. And I feel like now we see how hard it is to get that back. I go to Mikel Harrop in MX2, for example. Podium, podium, podium all looking great, could do no wrong. One week off the podium, and it's so hard to get back there. Obviously, guys, is a much bigger talent, much more decorated, all of that to his name. But I do think there's a little bit here. I have no, dis- I have no doubt that he is struggling with the illness. But I also think that there might be a little case of just the momentum's halted, and it's hard to get back on that train. Okay. Thanks oh. for that. Wow. We really are straight back in, aren't we, where um, where we left <laughs> off? Well, I, I didn't know if you were bringing somebody else in. Was there somebody else on the line that you wanted to speak to? But I I, I, I didn't know whether you wanted me to participate, because every time I seem to participate, you seem to say, no, I know everything. Uh, no, I we just listened to the post there for you to jump in. Well, no, no, it's, it's podcast, it's absolutely fine. 
Nope, you just that was just one thing you just was informing you because yeah. thank you. I feel informed. Uh, Want to jump in with what I said about Geyser or not really? Or yeah, I think uh, I agree with you completely, and and I think if it's if it's not Renault, if it's not well, originally we seen it with Hurlins. When Hurlins is back, we see a different type of Geyser, and I think. Uh, you're right. I think with Renault um, and Vlanderen last week, Renault this this week, it's it start to I don't know. It messes with Geyser somehow. I'm not sure what and and, and how, but it does mess with him. Okay. Um, I wasn't going down that road, but I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because you don't like that. So you, to each their own. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> to each to each their own. You're entitled to your opinion. Um, Geyser has this thing very much under control. But all it would take is for him to miss one round and this thing is suddenly wide open. Like, well, I can't even remember what his lead is now. 66 points, 73 points, something around there. It's so unlikely that someone is going to cut that down to zero without guys are missing races. But he can't get too comfortable because, like I say, all it takes is one missed round and that gap is effectively zero again. So... It does, although it feels like it's done, which it does very much feel like the championship is over. It also feels like we're just one misstep away from this thing being wide open. I keep thinking at the moment about Fever in 2015. Um, French, Yamaha rookie, very similar to Renault. And I keep thinking how all it would take is one misstep from Geyser and Renault is basically jumping into Fever's shoes from that 2015 season. Interesting little comparison. And as I say, so many times in the past, we thought that something is wrapped up. We thought that something is done deal. Um, hurlings, countless times. That 2015 yeah. season, um, at one point, it looked like Nagel had it. Then it looked like Corelli had it. Then it looked like Vinopo- Like There was just constantly things changing just when you thought you could settle down. Um, even last year, uh, when Hurlings did his shoulder, it looked very much like guys that had that thing in the bag. Like everyone, I- I'm pretty sure that the podcast at that point Obviously, no one expected Hurlings to come back. We thought the guys that had that thing locked up. So, yes, it's very much over. <laughs> yes, it's hard to get excited championship-wise, but it wouldn't take much for this to get turned on its head a little bit. Now, look at it this way. Um, there's 79 points in it currently, 13 rounds left, and guys have dropped 13 points uh, in the last round. You only have to do that four or five times, and suddenly it gets a little bit closer. Oh, that hasn't that hasn't helped my. That's just made me realize how much how over it really is. <laughs> it, 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 we will see, but I fully believe that this is over. I don't. I don't really see another way where this isn't over. But um, you know, I did kind of think that maybe, like, had Prado gone one-one in Spain and taken um, taken kind of the role that Renault has in the last week. Maybe I'd be more up for the whole. Maybe Prado can make a little run here because I feel I still believe that Prado has the ability to reel off multiple wins in a row. But obviously, losing more points to Geyser in um in uh, Spain kind of basically put the cherry on top of his title hopes being dead. Um, even though he, I do strongly believe he was the fastest rider in Spain. So Prado this year is won three out of eighteen motos. Bloody hell, we're 18 motos in. Doesn't time fly? Is that good enough? No, it's not as it's not what anyone would have expected. I like I say, I had him down as winning the championship. Um obviously you've got to consider the fact that he has missed a round, so he would be second in the championship, which sounds 
a lot more fitting than fourth for a rider like him. But yeah. still, I would say that he would have won a lot more. And also, it's not the fact that he's only won one round. It's the fact that he hasn't really been close to winning another. No. Um, but like I say, I still strongly believe he is the second best rider in this championship. I do not believe that Renault is on Prado's level. Maybe I'm being ignorant and maybe I'm being... Um, yeah, maybe I'm just being ignorant, but... I wouldn't say ignorant. I just, I, I just don't agree with you. I, I don't, I don't understand how you don't see Renault on Prado's. Level I think Prado was the fastest rider in Spain. I strongly believe that. He set the fastest lap in Moto Two by half a second, and that first Moto, once he got passed by Geyser after making that mistake after finish, after the finish, he lost two seconds. But on a track that was very hard to make up time, gain ground, he kind of managed to find a way to like bridge that gap, which again, kind of convinced me that he was the fastest rider in Spain. Had he not crashed, I think he would have won that second moto. Okay. 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 I, I, I just I, I just don't agree with you with I, I yeah, Prado's great and everything else. It's just and I know he's missed around and everything else. However, you know, Latvia nine eight, Italy, you know, missed missed around. He's had two thirds, uh, another third in uh, what an eleventh. Um, the eleventh, I I didn't know where that came from, and then I realised that was for last moto in Spain. Um, yeah. After the race, he was limping pretty bad. Like he was walking around very slowly. He said it's no problem. He just knocked his knees when he crashed. He kind of he washed the front and kind of like body slammed the ground face down. So I'm guessing his knees took a lot of that impact. Um, and obviously the track was so hard by that point that it was just like body slamming concrete. Um, so what, that's why. What do you think's going wrong for him this year? What What do you think he's? Is it, Is there something there? Is it like concentration? Is it? What do you think he's he's lacking to be to take that next step to become world champion in MXGP? I think people think I'm wrong, but I still strongly believe last year he was the second best rider in that championship and the closest to hurlings. I will literally go to my grave believing that. There's nothing anyone can say that changes my mind. I strongly believe that, and obviously he's not on that level this year. So what's no, missing? He's not. What's, not, what's he's been not. missing? Well, I was going to say, I was about to say maybe he is and Geyser's has just stepped it up, but there's no there's no way that Geyser has stepped it up so much to, to make Prado look this normal and then there's other riders to factor in. Momentum has to be a part of it. Like, he hasn't really got any at the moment. It's very much like he's, like, whereas Geyser had the ball rolling in, like, an insane rate, Prado has kind of been a bit stop-start this year and not really got that going. Um, but that can't be it only. New bike, maybe you put some of it down to that. But then from what I hear from when Hurlings has ridden a new bike, he's happy with it, um, especially on hard pack. A little bit of work to do in the sand, but he's definitely happy on hard pack. Um, but then Prado, and Prado has said that he's happy with a bike and they're not changing anything, but then maybe he's just saying that. I don't know. Um, that's a factor to consider. Other than that, I genuinely don't know. I can't. I don't. I don't know. It's a. It's a mystery because he's not doing bad. He's fine. He's doing perfectly okay. It's just not exceptional, and it's Prado, so you expect exceptional. But how do you descri- how do you describe someone not being exceptional? Like it's hard to because he's at a great level. He's riding amazing. He's the second best rider in this series, but he's just not exceptional, and I expect him to be exceptional. Well, it's either going to come down to confidence or, you know, 
in a year's time, we'll find out exactly what was going on in the background, you know, with why he's like that. It's, you know, sometimes, sometimes I always think that you, you, you look at Anderson, you look at Tomac this year, when they have a change in machinery, um, it's obviously worked in their favor. I just think some of the riders maybe needed a bit of a change in machinery um, and kind of have a bit of a fresh start because there's a lot of riders which have been on the same sort of program or same sort of thing, and they just don't seem to be taking that next step. I will say there are other riders in the paddock who have told me they want to ride for Dakali because it seems like the best team in the paddock. Multiple riders have said me, I've, I've, I've been playing this fun game lately and said like, oh, if you could ride for any team, and multiple riders have said, well, 50% Dakali, 50% standing. That's what Really? It says, yeah, it seems like those are the two teams that other riders um, have kind of like pinpointed as they seem like really good programs yeah I yeah think it's, a pa- it's a it's a passion for the sport i think that you get from you can't argue and, that. And, and obviously riders talk don't they they say they're like probably oh we do this oh okay yeah we we kind of do it like this and you can imagine like oh oh that's <laughs> speaking nice. of um speaking of prado yeah he was a, he was a big deal over the weekend spanish gp uh a lot of attention it felt to me a lot like Matterley Basin 2012, the fan noise, the fan attention, all anyone cared about was Prado. And obviously that weekend at Matterley, all anyone cared about was Searle. So like, it felt, it gave me, it kind of like um, triggered a little memory for me. Like it kept, I kept having little flashbacks to Matterley 2012. Do you think the pressure, pressure was something the weekend? Did it, did no, it mount on him? All we did is wash the front. Uh, apart from that, he was great. But not great to go 1-1. Well, no, but like I say, he was the fastest rider and he would have won that second moto and he made a mistake in the first moto which lost him valuable track position on a track that was quite difficult to um, make passes on. Not so much that, but he did do a lot of media work. So maybe that's the problem. He did um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he was doing appearances, shopping mall signings, uh, Red Bull event, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe that is something, yes. Um, maybe he was a bit fatigued from that, but I don't think the pressure got to him at all. If anything, I think Prado kind of relishes that. Okay. Because Prado is very, um, he's very, he wants the sport to be bigger. He knows his status in Spain. He knows that he is, he moves the needle. Um, so I think he's quite happy when he sees it. Like there are extra, like he said to me, there's a, there was a lot of um, like national Spanish TV stations there, like not motocross media. And he did a lot of interviews with journalists who had never been to a motocross race. So there was a lot going on, but I think if anything, it was maybe the, the, the routine of all of that stuff maybe wore on him a little bit. Um, you know, it's the same as everyone. Everyone says their home GB is the most incredible weekend of the year, but it's also the most tiring just because yeah. you're being dragged in every direction imaginable. Um, but watching the GP on TV, um, how did it come across? Like the track and everything through the television box? It was okay. I got bored, to be honest. I, I, I'm not a fan of that track anyway. Like, I don't know why you love it so much. I, think oh, I don't like the track. Of... I don't like the track. I like the event. I'm talking the two very different Hang things. Hang on. Last year, you said, oh, the track is built in natural terrain and it's got really good passing and all the riders like it. That's what you said last year when I said it was a piece of shit. I never said it's, I definitely never said it's got great terrain. <laughs> you said it's really, it's, it's, we, because I basically, this was my analogy. It's basically in a hotel car park. Oh yeah, it's just, I've said I've said this this week. It, as far as man-made tracks go, I do believe it's one of the better ones. I'm not yeah. comparing it to Talavera or Erne. Oh, last or, year you said it was great. And it was great the event passing, is great. The riders love it. 
it's never been great for passing, so I definitely didn't say that. You definitely said that. Well, luckily, James, everything is on record, so I can dig that up for next oh week. My but God. um uh, yeah, I don't even remember what I was saying now, because obviously What um, it looked like on TV and I said it was crap. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> I don't understand why we can't make more changes to tracks like that year on year. I can genuinely I, don't understand why we can't. Can I just say, can I just say this, and then it's probably not going to go down very well, but uh, I'm going to say it, and I know people are going to hate me for saying it, but it's boring about Hurlins. Okay, random thing to come up no, with. No, it is. Like, it, I watch it, and it's just, just it's just boring. And I love motocross, and I love MXGP, and maybe the COVID has took its toll. But um, i got to be honest, I didn't enjoy watching the race in the weekend. It was kind of like, I just kind of want to fast forward to the through to the results, because it was, there was nothing exciting happening. It was, it, I would say it was one of the better GPs of the year. Um, like, Majora, for instance, felt very flat. Um, where were we before Majora? Latvia felt quite flat. Um, yeah, but that's you there at an event. I'm talking about like entertainment on TV. Like you watch promo yeah, across at the whole... moment, and it's like you got Caroli there, you got Dungey coming back, you got like you know Tom, you got all these like stories and stuff like happening in 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 cool things happening. And an MXGP at the moment, it just feels a little bit flat. Yeah, but I would say is that is that the racing or is that the TV show? Because promo across has a lot of elements to the tv show that maybe make that maybe like trigger your brain into being excited which makes you view the racing differently if you mm. get what i'm saying like, yeah maybe because i really I, i've got to be honest and this is not a slanted paul mailing i know he does a fantastic job but it was pretty cool to have mcgrath and rick johnson alongside wygant listening to different you know um perspectives in in bringing some insights and then having jt in 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 the walking around the pits and talking to riders now i don't know i just felt a little bit more alive like and event. cool yeah and, and well and, i'm on i'm on the, record as saying this for years now for the tv I don't show wanna say, i'm not banging on anybody this is not me i'm just saying it as somebody who was sat at home ill or you know not not the greatest and and was just compare i'm just comparing two two programs the promo across i wanted to watch and i was entertained and i enjoyed it the MXGP, it just, it's just the same. It's I'm, I think I'm just fed up. I'm fed up. Of, it's the same format, the same thing, and everything else. And all it is is like you're reliant on the riders to put on a really good show. And when you get a track which doesn't give you that, then you are left with just, you know, just people going around the track. Do you want to know who would be good in Lisa Leyland's job? Lisa Leyland, Sean Simpson. Okay, why? Because he would ask, he could ask technical questions. He could comment on, like Sim, I'm thinking like aligning alongside, like like how JT has taken to that role in America. I was just thinking, while you were talking, I was thinking of who retired-wise would be good in that role in Europe. Um, yeah, Sean could like talk technically about bikes, riders, what people are doing, ask the riders in-depth questions. Like that would add a lot. Like, how, like for instance, like I say, um, Sewer was struggling at the weekend with rear shock, front forks, the balance of the two. Um, so in the middle of a race, pull, pull um, a KYB guy, pull a, his mechanic and say like, oh, um, I talked to Sewer after Moto1. Um, he said he was struggling with this, this and this. He looks a lot better now in Moto2. What, uh, what, what do you attribute that um, that rise in, rise to? Did you find something did you make a change like that would be, make it feel more like a show i guess like because like I, you say you are right it is heavily reliant on just the racing 
Yeah, and 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 it is like Paul and Lisa do a fantastic job, but they kind of need help. They like they it needs like you say. I, I can I can understand what you're saying now by like having a Sean Simpson there as well. But like you know, Paul having somebody alongside him in the in, in the commentating booth, whether it's you know an MX2 rider or you know from a previous race or an EMX rider, I don't know, or or a team boss or, or whatever. But it just needs it, it. It just feels like the same thing for quite a few years, and 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 I. And on a, a promo across the weekend, I wanted to watch that. I really enjoyed it. In, in MXGP the weekend, it it just felt a bit like like I just wanted to forward it kind of thing. And I know that's a really crap thing to say. And and I, do, I know how hard the job is. And I really respect everybody for doing it and all the rest of it. No, but it's not. You're, it's not. I, I just, I don't think. It's not so much to, in racing part. It's either side. It's the build up. There needs to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always, I think, like, uh, during MX2 Moto 1, cut to Lisa in the pits, who's talking to Sewer and, like, oh, MXGP Moto 1's coming up in 30 minutes. And, oh, um, like, have a shot, have a cameraman who's, like, zooming in on a mechanic who's putting, um, so, like, extending the, uh, the peak of the helmet for the low sun and, like, be like, oh, so the, ride, like, the riders are doing this for this reason. Again, they're getting ready because 20 minutes to go. And that would kind of make you go, oh, 20 minutes to go. Like, yeah. Right, like, it would, it would give you a bit of, like, a sense that something's coming. It needs a bit of, like, anticipation to it. Um, and, and the other thing as well is, like, I, I get they're trying to, like, show, like, you know, we're in this part of the world and everything else, but I don't care. Well, yeah, that's obviously paid for, isn't it, by the governing, uh, the, um, tourism authority thing guess so but again i don't care but then i can't imagine that winchester are paying for them to do that before massively basin so no what? it's like they need to get rid of that just get if look, if, if i want to go there i'll either you know go there on holiday or whatever but i'm probably not going to go to that specific place well i, I like lake garda but do you know what i mean it's like I, I, and i don't want to watch it oh entertain me I, I I want I just want it to be more of a show. Entertained. I just want it to be more of a show. Do do stuff like um yeah just do, like it. It's the TV format has not changed since I watched my very first GP. Do Do you know what I, I watched the pro motocross thing and there was a couple of mistakes. There was a couple of little things and everything else. But you're like, I didn't mind that because they're trying. They're trying different stuff and they're you know like when uh, they they went off air. I could still hear them talking. Which is probably good because if it was me and you off air, I'd just be swearing all the time. But um, you know, it's like little things like there was mistakes, but also it was like, do you know what? I don't care. I like it that it's it's you know they're trying. I'm not saying that anybody else is trying. I'm just saying that they're just trying new stuff. I oh like yeah. New stuff. I've, well, I've, I've been, I'm on the record of saying this for like two years now. The TV show is is a big problem, I think, because it doesn't. It's not. I don't think it's giving the series the PR that it deserves. Um, same questions to the riders, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's just blah. Yeah. Um, no, it's just, I, you know, I've been sat on a couch in... in you know, how last... do you see this panning out? What? That's just a question to every person in the middle of a race. How do you see this panning out? How do you see yeah. this panning out? Like, well, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not bloody Mystic Meg. Like, <laughs> they, they may finish. <laughs> they may not. Oh, hold on, like rubbing the side of their head. Like, hold on. Mm, oh, it's going to go well for the next lab. Oh, no. The card. The card tells me a crash is coming. 
But it's, yeah, and that, that's you, the other thing as well is you've got really good personalities there, like Daruva and stuff like that. It's, there's a multitude of people within that, in those pits what could be utilized. Troy Boss. How did Townley? Townley did a bit of commentary, didn't he, in Sardinia? It was all right, but it wasn't great. But yeah. And I, I hate to burst your bubble because um, I know, you, and I, 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 you know, beat BT fan myself, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was right. I don't think. I don't think the commentary is a problem. Anyway, I'm saying. I'm saying the ele- other elements around that need to be better. The show. No, but, uh, but, the what, show. but what I will say is, when JT is sat alongside Paul Malin, it's so much better because you have got the. the you know, they're talking. They're, they're JT's giving some insights which are different to Paul, and and sometimes I just feel like it does need two people. Yeah, but also, yeah, but like I say, I think there's a bigger issue here. I think, like, for yeah, instance, like the whole, and, and I'm not knocking a TV, TV production. Like, I know, I know some of the guys who work on there, and they work their asses off. Yeah, all just I'm, on the wrong things. Yeah, all I'm just saying is that it just needs to change up. It seems. I told to be, them at the weekend. I, I I I told them at the weekend they need to stop doing what they're doing. It just needs to be a little bit different. I think it's it's the same old, same old. Think differently. Yeah. Anyway, that uh, what the hell are we talking about? I don't know, but that is literally my favourite conversation. I enjoy that because I do think that at the moment we'll get into it. But I think the series, I think the number one priority for all involved needs to be the PR aspect of the series. I think the series needs like something to make people go, "Oh, this is fresh and new and exciting." Like, do you know? Do, do you want to know what's interesting? Right, it, it it is because of 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 what's going on currently in the racing. Because last year when you had three people going for a title. I couldn't care. I couldn't give two shits what was being said and what was being done. I just wanted to watch racing because it was freaking awesome. The problem is, is when you haven't got that going on, then you're relying on other aspects to keep you entertained. And and, and that's what I think is lacking at the moment. Because the racing isn't as good as what it was last year. No, I've said, I've, I'm on record as this as well. A championship is only as good as the riders in it. That is always going to be the case. And you can't change that. But what you can do is try and tweak some things to make it to bridge that gap a little bit but ultimately a championship is only as good as the riders in it because okay pro motocross was incredible take out dungy take out Crowley, take out sexton take out roxton like you know take out the top six riders and suddenly you wouldn't be saying this you'd probably be criticizing everything yeah. a championship is only as good as the riders in it yeah true um that's the product it's a bit like the premiership in football you know, it's because of the teams and the players, which is why it makes the Premiership one of the best, well, not one, the best league in the world. Because the teams are great and also the players are great. Everybody wants to play there. Like I could make the best TV show ever of a local club race. I could put on, I could, I could, everything you want, I could deliver, but you'd still say it was shit because of the actual on-track stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Um, similar to similar to Sewer, Jonas is very much struggling uh, with his bike setup at the moment. He is uh, Jonas and Sewer are in a very exciting battle of who can be the most honest in post race interviews. Oh, really? Yes. Um, so um, it's and, a very and, exciting battle. Both are definitely way over the line. Like <laughs> definitely. <and> obviously, <laughs> I've I've missed a couple of these post race podcasts. Believe it or not. So are they saying are they being honest with themselves and saying it's you know some of it's down to me or? Uh, well, Jonas said that um, Jonas said that it's really frustrating because he gets in from the moto and feels like he could go do another moto because he's just riding around cruising because he knows the second that he tries to push outside of his comfort zone the bike scares him. Oh. Um, Sewer told me that I should apply for a job as a Yamaha mechanic. 
Um, <laughs> oh, it's cool that you like that. So yeah, def- they, they, they aren't pushing the boundaries. They, they, they are pushed. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no, they've stamped all over that boundary. It's very yeah. entertaining because it's in, this is real, and you know what? No, I've had so like much... it. I like it because it is real and it's it's honest. People don't want bullshit. Pe- people respect honesty. Yeah, and, and obviously, Sewer has got a bit of reputation for this now. So, like, that's kind of set in stone. The joke, the, the very revealing Jonas interviews have only come in the last couple of weeks, and I've had so many messages going, "Bloody hell, Jonas is a, like what a." cool guy Jonas is for actually yeah. speaking it's like that that does something and the more people wake up I'll go straight to Sewer and Jonas next week no matter if they go first and second or 19th or 20th because I'm gonna get something real yeah it's interesting it'd be really good though to try and get the insight from the mechanics in the in the uh in the team owners who are really trying absolutely everything to make this happen for them well, no, it's just a, yeah, it's just a thing, isn't it? Like Jonas yeah. is trying, like, jo- is, like these I, are stories. These are stories. What you want? To, I want to know what the, me- like the mechanics. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's, and this that's really, that's really nice, Jeremy. But I've changed your freaking. We've gone through sixteen different throttle tubes five times, like five different suspension. Da, 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 da. I want to hear this shit. I want to know this what's would, going on. This would be a good thing to throw it to on the TV show. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. So Jonas is searching for comfort desperately at the moment. Um. He'll get there. He'll get there. It'll come around. But um, right yeah, now, they're think, both quality riders. Of course, they are. I think right, like we've seen as well, flashes of issue of what Jonas is capable of. So, um, yeah, and it could click this coming weekend. But I definitely think that Jonas and Sewer will win a GP. Will win at least one GP each before the end of the year. I do you, believe that. You look at both both of those riders you've just mentioned, and you look at both of their teammates who are riding high. You know. Renault and Bogers. So riding high, that sounds like a bit of a drug test problem. Uh, whatever. Um, but both of those riders are riding really well. So you know, we know that they they can they can do that. So they've just got to find the right thing which fits fits them. So they're they're both in good teams, they've both got good people around them. It's just gonna it's gonna click. Four winners so far this year. Uh guys are Prado, Vlander, and Renault. How Did many I say overall... seven? Did I say seven? I went for I this don't year. know, but how many overall winners do we end up with? I'm going to go seven. I, I think I said seven last time, and I, I think I'm going to go seven this time. I think I, I'm pr- I don't know why I, I got seven on the mind. I think I, I'm pretty sure I, I said that Coldenhoff, Hurlins, obviously when when he was going to be there. Um, I, I said that Sewer was going to win one. I said Renault was going to win one. Geyser. Um, I didn't see Vlanderen, and that that is incredible. I mean, whoa. Uh, Jonas, I think you said Jonas. I said no on Jonas. And I think that's about it, really. I I will go seven. And Prado. Yeah. So one, two, one, two, three, four, five, um, six. And it would have been Hurlins, which would have been seven. I said no to Jonas. Um, but I did say yes to Coldenoff. Hey, brilliant. I was just I didn't want like you to retrace your steps. I just meant now. Does Bogers win a Jeep win a, an overall? I said to him after the race, I think he now needs to change his expectations and shoot for more. Like I think he can. I think he can win something here shortly, a moto qualifying. But it uh, wouldn't but it wouldn't be surprising, would it? With the form what he's put together this year, if he goes out and wins and does what Vlanderen done, I don't think it would shock me. No, the podium, the po- the podiums are impressive, but even more impressive is the fact that the races he hasn't been on the podium, he's been more than fast enough to be on the podium. Like Sardinia, he was sixth overall, but he was easily fast enough to. He might have been the only guy there who could have seriously challenged Flandering. Like 
even the races where he's not on the podium, so obviously he doesn't get as much attention, he's still really, really good and shows podium potential. Um, I will go on record as saying there will be three more winners this year. Sewer, Jonas, and Hurlings. Hang on. What have I missed? I've got a feeling that we see Hurlings before well, the I'll... end of the year. You're confusing me now because I looked on MX Vice Instagram and it said out for 23. Yeah, I know. Out, out till 23. Yeah, so, that's... So you're telling me that he could be back. I think I, f- I would, if I had to bet my money right now, I would bet that he is back in GPs before the end of the year. Why, why though? There's a lot of ups and downs, but like someone must, it turns out maybe he doesn't need this additional surgery after all. Um, something along those lines. It's all very, I don't think KTM really know what's going on. It's very, it's very blurred lines at the moment, oh. but obviously he is still riding, which he was already meant to have had that second surgery and he is still riding. So um, what he's actually riding at the moment. Well, unless his Instagram stories on Sunday were like old, but I can't imagine they were because it was literally him sat in a van with boots on. So it'd be a bit of a weird thing to post. but um, Or is he just teasing people? Well, I know KTM have stopped looking for a fill-in rider as well. Maybe he needs to buy another house. Well, he's got 59, so... Mm. Um, yeah, I know KTM have stopped looking for a fill-in rider, so that's got to mean something, hasn't it? Could be. Fevra, by the way, will be back in Indonesia. Oh, that'd be an, a welcome return for um, Anti. And Kaido Wolf, uh, Wolf back in Indonesia as well. Oh, that's good. Uh, what did Kaido Wolf do? Was that collarbone? No, hand. Hand. Got hit by a car. Oh, yeah, cycling. Yeah, what about uh, Van Moustijk? Is, is he done? Potentially back at Lommel, maybe. Okay. Um, okay, that'd be a welcome return as well. That'd be quite good. Uh, before we move on from MXGP... And do you know what? To... When you're saying okay. that, we've lost a lot of riders, haven't we? We've lost everyone. Shit, that's... You know, we were going on about, you know, even, not exactly exciting, but there's half the field are, are, are gone. Even MX2, um, MX2 alone, you've lost three factory Husqvarna riders, DeWolf, Mostike, and Sado. Damn. Yeah. Like, that's just one team. <laughs> yeah, when you say it like that, and obviously uh, Guadagini's gone up, and... Um... Yep, so that's four podium guys all gone at the moment. Obviously, they'll be back. Well, Is he staying up, or is he... Yeah, he's done. He's he's never going back to a 250 in his life. Oh, wow. But he's very happy right now. Is he? He's, in, he's, in, he he's enjoying almost the said, he, he almost said to me after the race that maybe he can start to expect or look at the podium soon. But then he stopped himself and went, ah, I don't want to say it. And I was like, ah, you basically did. Um, really? He's that at home on a 450. Well, he finished fifth in a second moto on Sunday. So, like, the podium isn't that far away, is it? No. It's not that big of a stretch. Like, Two more positions. Um, he was eight points off the podium. So, like, yeah, it's not that. If he could have gone 5-5, five, five, he would have been uh, three points better off. He is a big guy as well, isn't he? Yeah, it was the right decision all round. I've said this. I wrote this, actually, in On Track Off Road last week. Think again. Think differently. Everyone's been got so obsessed with this EMX 250, MX2, MXGP thing that people are scared to step outside of the norm. For some riders, like Mattia, going up to a 450 early is clearly the right choice. I think Beaton might have uh, I think Beaton might have benefited from going up to a 450 yeah, gear I, earlier. I think um, he would have. I think Comrad Muse would be good on a 450 as uh, well. Exactly what I was about to say. Comrad has been absolutely beating his head against a wall for years now on that 250. So why didn't some 
someone go two years ago, you know what? Let's just wash our hands of this class and start afresh. New bike, new class, new setting, all new. Let's start fresh because MX2, we're just basically going around in circles. Yeah, like, he's, a, he's a big kid as well. I think it, it, he rides smooth. I think he'll be good on a 450. So from what I hear, Diga are going to wait for him. I don't know. Obviously, I, I, I broke the news on my personal Twitter account. Um, but he before he got injured at the British Championship, he was going to fill in for Olsen on uh, Diga 450. Right. Um, obviously, then he got injured the following weekend yep. at the British Championship. And from what I heard in Spain from a few people, Diga are going to wait for him to come back and he will still be doing the fill-in ride on the 450 when he gets back. From what I hear, uh, just rumours, but that's what I got told by someone who heard it from someone else. So, hearsay, but yeah. That'd be good. That'd be good. Um, yeah. That's, that's anything else on MXGP? No, what's how's Ben doing? Have you heard much from Ben? Oh, 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 um, oh, hold on. Oh no, um, <laughs> um, no, we're 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 fine. We just need something to go our way, and hitting tie down straps flat out is not something going our way. <laughs> oh wow, is that what happened? Oh, did I, did you not know? No, you know, I like, did not you know, know, like you know, the overhead arches. Yeah, yeah. The straps that hold them down. Yeah. He went off the track and basically just nailed the tie down strap. That's got, gonna hurt. He got rope burns on like both his arms, his chest, uh, like a massive cut on his shoulder, like, like his there, like uh, looks rough. <laughs> um, is he gonna sue him? Okay, that's interesting. Um, but he should he should be back in he should be back this weekend. Um, okay, he should be back this weekend. So yeah, but it was only two rounds ago when he finished fourth in a second moto. So it's there. It's just needs something to break our way. It's still there. Like it's still there. So uh, going into this weekend, uh, Ernie France. Yeah, who... we, I mean, the podcast isn't ending. We can do that at the end of the podcast. It's fine. Okay, I was just wondering who you who you're hot on at the moment, and you think you know who is hot right now. Uh, please tell me, Maxime Renault, who just entered the winning world of Rentful aboard his YZ450 FM. The winning brand in man manufacturing and design for the last half century, Rentful continues to lead the world at the very top level of the sport, amassing more championship titles than all competing brands combined. Renfall's records are unsurpassable with 239 US titles and 232 world titles for 471 major championship titles combined. Thanks to the hard work and dedication to detail, the Renfall factory has been helping world-class riders achieve their championship goals since the beginning in 1969. The winning world of Renfall, which is something that you can all partake in, um... Renfall, undoubtedly the most popular, most effective, best handlebars on the market. And if you're not using Renfall, genuinely, probably want to look yourself in the mirror and be like, why not? Because why wouldn't you use Renfall? Second a lap, Lewis. Second a lap, they will get you. It literally makes, like, it, it would almost, if I got a bike and I had something other than Renfall on there, it would just seem, even looking at it would just seem odd to me. Because I Renfall, I'd, I think I'll take it back. I'll just say, Rentful. look, can you just deliver this with Rentful handlebars, please? Rentful are handlebars, effectively. I would say that I would say that most people, like 
don't even know there are other options out there. That's how much Rentful dominate the market. Do, do you and we are something? happy to have them on the MX Vice show for um this year and beyond. Pe- people didn't call them handlebars to do this. They call them Rentfuls. That is it's not, true. It's like a, you know, a, a, a vacuum was called a Hoover for years. You know, there's no such thing as handlebars. It's, uh, I need a new pair of Rentfuls or, you know, that's how it is. That's what, that's, part, you, that's what happens when you dominate. That's part one of the MX-5 show presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Codehead EBS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGPTV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. That's part one. We'll be back in just two minutes with part two. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 100 of the MX Vice Show. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. The Scott Prospect Amplifier Goggle presents part two of the MX Vice Show. Thank you to our friends at Scott Sports. The Scott Prospect Amplifier... The Spot... (laughs) Help... (laughs) the scott prospect amplifier goggle not only defends but also amplifies your vision while riding 
The advanced pre-curved lenses are injection molded to provide greatly improved contrast and optical clarity, allowing, <laughs> allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. With over 50 years of experience producing market-leading goggles for the motocross and off-road market, the engineers at Scott have taken off-road optical performance to the next level with the Scott Amplifier Prospect Goggle. The Scott Amplifier Tint is designed to let some specific colors through to your eye while filtering out others to create a high contrast within the terrain that you are looking at. What are the main benefits of this technology? It allows you to see contours, ruts, and transitions in the dirt in ultra-high definition. It works for motocross, enduro, rally, and everything in between. It builds rider confidence and speed through improved visual clarity. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com and amplify your vision today. Wow. Wow. You, you sounded like Jonathan Ross on acid trying to get through that. Oh my God. First time I've had to read that and it was so... As a tongue well, twister, well, hey? Yeah, there was a bit in the middle there that I really got myself in a bit of a <laughs> a bit of a, f- a fiddle with, but we got yeah. out of it. <laughs> yeah, you you were really struggling with those uh, ruts, weren't you? It's just yeah, we got about you know Contours, what contours, ruts, and lenses. Maybe if I'd had the Scott Prospect amplifier goggle on, I would have been able to see my sheet more clearly, and that would have helped me navigate those big words. I I feel like we need to uh, when you read them out, you need to be wearing Scott goggles. Do you know what I? Abs- I'm, b- I'm a big fan of Scott goggles, as you as you well know. I have got my uh, lumberjack limited edition goggles ready in my uh, ride bag for when I'm I'm going out. Oh, I got some news. Do you want to know my news? No, save it because it's not that important, and we're still working through the important stuff. Remember oh. what I told you: the last part of the show is where you can talk about your random stuff. I don't know if I can sit on it that long. I'm very excited. Okay. Well, I know what the news is, and it's definitely not that exciting. Also, not a sponsor of this show. So, um, moving on. Okay. MX2 title fight is history repeating itself over and over. Um, the Alan Gertz, the Alan Gertz, the Alan Gertz. What is this? Year three, three of the Alan Gertz? I mean, obviously, last year Renault won it, but there was still that the Alan Gertz dynamic. Um, I still stand by it. The is going to win this championship because once again, Gertz just can't stop Gertzing. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, because uh, there was a few Gertz moments, wasn't there? Well, yeah, well, like, again, um, Spain, he threw points away, threw valuable points away. And truthfully, it could have been a lot worse. It's a minor miracle he got third overall. Um, you just can't do that. You can't do it. But it's strange because he's definitely improved this year. He's faster. When he's on, he's better. He's at a higher level. Yeah, like the first part of the year, we were talking about how his concentration, he just seemed a different type of rider. And then he's just gone back. He's just doing 2021. It's not happening as much. It was strong. And then, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know what's happened. I mean, okay, this is interesting. Say Vial wins his title. Has Vial won the title? Or did Gertz lose the title? Lost the title. Gertz definitely is. He was in control. Absolutely, yeah, he's blo- he is blowing this. Yeah, and and again, is it is is does he suffer that, for that same thing of what kind of um, Geyser suffers when there there are you know Hurlins and, and other people around? I don't know. Um, no, Gertz just Gertz is just generally a rider who makes mistakes. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> he just makes too many mistakes at his skirts. Like there isn't there isn't some deeper meaning okay. there. Okay, he- here's a question for you. If he doesn't win MX2 this year, does he just say fuck it and go 450? I believe that's currently being um debated, but well no, that is currently being delay- debated, but um by the sound of it, I think he'll be back in MX2 next year. See, I, I just think, do you know what? If if you if you can't nail it three years in a row, maybe just like, do you know what? What have you got to gain from being down there? Well, he is a small guy, and to be honest, if he moves up to a four fifty, then there may be um, people fearing for their safety. There may be trouble. No, I would stand in fit lane. Uh, fit lane. Fit lane. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's um that's reserved just for me (laughs) like fit lane is that where the fitties go yeah that's reserved just for me that is um (laughs) is that close Um, to pit lane or is it alongside i would stand in pit lane scared for my life Hmm. (laughs) as i said as i said on um another podcast i'd be behind a riot shield can i i just want to it's good to see lagenfelder obviously um get two solid motors in but can I just go straight to Liam Everts? No, because I spent some time watching Lagenfelder. Okay. Solely focusing. Also, you'll like this. Guess what I did this weekend? Masturbate. I walked around the fan area of the track to just embrace the people. Did they throw bottles? No, I just felt, you know, I, I was like, you know what? Instead of going to pit lane, I'm going to walk around the fan, around the perimeter of the track with the people. Oh, I didn't wow. like it. No, I won't do it again. I don't think they liked it either. Uh, I felt like I was going to catch all kinds of diseases. Were they like, um, hey, gringo? It was very, um, but it was very um, enlightening for me because obviously I could, you couldn't see anything from pit lane, so I thought I'd do a just do a lap with the people. And um, yeah, it's interesting because before the the show started, you said that you walked around with the peasants. That's definitely not what I said. I sure? didn't even talk to you before the show started. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I spent some time watching Lagenfelder and focusing just on Lagenfelder. And he is just very good to watch because he's a mix of like, he's got the owl in him where he's technically perfect, but then he's just got this little touch of a wild side, which creates this amazing style. So like, are you saying that he's an amalgamation of Gertz and of Yow? I don't know, but his style and just the way watching him ride is incredible. Like at the beginning of Pit Lane, it was quite a tricky corner. Like there were multiple ruts, nasty hook in them. um, And everyone had to move around because they were getting deeper and deeper. And some people were struggling in the main rut. And every lap, Lagenfelder would just nail it perfectly. And I was just like, I could watch this guy ride all day. Um, I'm on record. I'm a Lagenfelder fan. I think he is the next big thing. And you know what? If Gertz stays down next year, Lagenfelder will be giving him fits. Right. Here's a here's a comparison. German, obviously. Another so basically famous, you're telling me he's Roxon. Yeah, another famous German he is, but he is what a year or two behind. But do you think he has the ability, given what we've seen so far in his very, very short career? Well, he's um, on his third year of MX2. Yeah. Do you think, and he was injured for pretty much nearly one season, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you think he has the capability of of being uh, a world MX2 champion and maybe going to America? 
I'm on record as saying he is the most likely to go to America. Um, whether he will or not, I don't know. But he's definitely the most likely MX2 rider or MXGP rider to go to America. Um, but I just, I'm a, I'm a fan. I think he's a very good rider. Like I think if someone would like sort of take him and kind of try and superstar him, I feel like he could be big, a little, a superstar in MXGP. I do. Yeah. No, if someone got, needs to like expose him. He's. Uh, <laughs> I bet you'd love to expose him. <laughs> He's uh he's a really nice guy and um yeah. Good good writer, great writer. Also the person um what? So yeah, Liam Everts, um I'm still laughing at someone needs to expose him. It's not even funny. Um Liam Everts has had two <laughs> insanely good GPs in a row. Um so Sardinia the results weren't much to write home about, but he um he crashed on the first lap of every single race, including the qualifying race. And the way he cut through the field was very impressive. Very, like, caught people's eyes. Um, it showed a lot of stuff. Like, it really proved something. Kind of a bit more uh, intensity, aggression than we'd ever seen from Liam Everts. But it was sand. So, you know, like, eh, sand. And also Majora, obviously, he finished fourth in a moto. But it was mud. So, um, you know, that sort of downplays things. Spain is not a Liam Everts track. Yet... That was incredible. He came from last to, or basically last, to sixth in Moto1. And while coming through traffic, was posting lap times similar to the top three, if not faster, which was mind-blowing. And then the second Moto was obviously completely the opposite because he got the whole shot. And, okay, he finished fourth, but he was not out of place up front. Um, Didn't look wrong up there. And I feel that we are edging quite close to a Liam Everts podium now. Uh, here's a question for you. Where do you see him next year? Well, I'd imagine back at Diga. Or do you see him on Red Bull KTM? No, because that team is done. Okay. With no spaces available. Um, he must have been close to that decision of putting him up there. I doubt it. It's a bit early. Really? It's early. It's his first MX2 year. And also, when that decision that, that decision was made, or that's their Red Bull KTM confirmed their team like uh two months ago. So at that point, Liam hadn't really shown anything. Now well, he, maybe he was injured, wasn't he? Two months ago. Uh I don't think so. I think he was. Can't really remember, but I don't think so. Oh yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he crashed at Matley, didn't he, in the qualifying race and did his fingering. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, but um, speaking of, I do believe that we do need to develop these, these MX2 riders into superstars. I do think that is a very real thing. Who are you going to start with? Well, I don't think I should do it. I think someone else can. I'm busy. No, I don't know. I just think you maybe got something to offer there. Like, I just feel we, like I've said it many times, the 250 riders in America are superstars. The 250 riders in Europe aren't really like, I feel like someone would walk past Gertz and not even bat an eyelid. Whereas whereas no one's going to walk past Jet Lawrence and not bat an eyelid. Is that a fair com- com- comparison? No, it's not at all, but it makes my point, so. Okay, okay. Right, uh, MX2. Are you going to talk about more or no? I don't think there's really much to go into in MX2. <laughs> I feel like you've you've just finished. Yeah, I just, there's not really much to say about MX2. <laughs> okay, Re- Re- we Re- ain't been here for six weeks, but to be honest with you, nothing's really changed. MX2 is MX2. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, MX2 is MX2. It's just yeah. Check the results. Have a look. Have a gander. 
Happy days. Um, Someone threw a, a stat at you online. Uh, when was the last time um, a British rider didn't uh, line up in MXGP? Did you ever figure that one out? That actually wasn't the question at all. It was when was the last time was there not a British rider in either class? That, that one then, yeah. When was the last time? No, I haven't looked yet, but I was trying, I've been trying to think off the top of my head and I can't think of a time. 1966. Okay, I'd imagine that's you just throwing a number out there. Um, you know what? I want to talk about something, but to oh. do that, we're going to jump into Liat Ask Vice Anything, just because um, that will allow us, that will give us some structure to this conversation. And otherwise, if I talk about it now, then I'm going to ruin someone's question, which I don't want to do because that would be um, a dickish move. Yes. So, Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year. The 2022 gear is available worldwide, and there are many lines for you to consider. The 3.5 ride kit, an affordable combo, the 4.5 jersey and pants, the 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, and the 5.5 jersey and pants. There is so much to consider. There is an advanced range of moto helmets at Liat 2, including the 9.5 carbon, the 8.5 composite, the 7.5, and the 3.5. The Liat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colours to suit all tastes. The 9.5, 8.5 and 7.5 helmets also come with a free pair of bulletproof velocity goggles. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. So, many questions. Thank you to everyone who uh, has waited to send in questions and jumped right to it. Um, let's start with this. Il Nagron. I'm incredibly fearful for MXGP and how we can call this a world championship. If global supercross lives up to its promises, do you see it as the death of motocross? I appreciate the factories are very coy on it and not committing, but surely the non-factory riders will go there and earn good money. Not sure if this is a question or a statement. Oof. Okay, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for your input. <laughs> Just, like, I, I threw you the hot potato and you just thrown it straight back. <laughs> it was hot. Um... I don't. The question's missing something because what is what is the fearful for, for MXGP? What is the worry? Um, I'm guessing start numbers, but I'll keep banging on about it. You got to get rid of EMX250 now. Admittedly, what goes against that is the fact that there was no EMX250 this past weekend, and there were still only 24 riders in MX2 when they could have turned up as wildcards. Yeah, and Rick Elsinger did, Andrea Bonacorsi did, uh, Talviku did, um, and yeah, others. Yeah, so credit to them, Tom Guyon. Yeah, and also, on that, before I forget, um, Camden McClellan, uh, EMX 250 rider, his team aren't, it's basically not in his contract to do wildcard MX2 races, so he's on the, he's got to pay for his own entry if he wants to wildcard MX2, and that is where he wants to be, obviously, in the MX2 class. So he has reached out to his fans on social media and said, if anyone can contribute anything to help me wildcard MX2 rounds, I would be much appreciated. And you know what? Golf claps, because there is someone who is being proactive and got off their ass and is chasing the dream. I like that. I'd, yeah. Where, where do I... We well, need to I'm, share that link because... Well, I know I messaged him straight away and said, have you got a GoFundMe? And he said no. So I was like, well, you kind of need one of those. Let's do that. So hope, hopefully he's going to make a GoFundMe. Um, but oh, yeah, he's listening that, to this. Um, let's do it. Maybe he's got one already. Let me check. Because that was two weeks ago now. Um, What's he going in for? Erne? 
No, is that no? Just generally, like in what it's in general, it's not so much like a. Damn, we should um, we should check. Yeah, I'd, we'll put a hundred pound in. My team deal doesn't include MX2 racing, which is where I want to be next year. So I would like to make more wildcard appearances this year. Some cash towards the entry fee would be most welcome. And of course, you will be splashed all over my Liat helmet and gear for all to see. Help a brother out, please and thank you. I like that. Let's do it. But he's only had six comments, which makes me sad. But also, if he sets up a GoFundMe, I'll share that far and wide because that is what I want to see out of these riders. Yes. A bit of heart, a bit of oomph, a bit of, you know what? Grab this thing by the balls and let's let's go like not like like not oh yeah uh my team deal doesn't include mx2 racing so i'm gonna watch it on tv yeah like, we, brilliant let's do that let's get let's let's get camden in mx and mx2 anyway um so yeah that's a bit of a concern obviously there wasn't any mx250 and there still was only 24 riders in mx2 I personally think you've got a scrappy MX250, lower the entry fee of MX2 to 500 euros, then it will be a stepping stone competition-wise and financially, um, and that's your solution. Alternatively, someone at the weekend told me that they would like to see EMX250 become a class with um, a production rule, essentially. So you, uh, a budget cap, a production rule, you can only do X amount to your bike, Etc. Etc. Which that's which a great idea is a great idea, but very tough to police. So it would yeah. never happen because you'd basically have to employ a team of people just to police that. I did. Uh, Nikki Malin, uh, or Malin um, did post a, an idea. I did see the weekend. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but she said, "Why doesn't the MX250 be the support class for MX2? So you qualify." What do you mean? So, like, you basically have 80 MX2 riders. 40 basically, the riders who qualify going into MX2 and the uh, riders who don't qualify going to MX250. Yeah. Yeah, it works. I think, that's, I think that's quite cool. I like that idea. Yeah, you t- obviously, it's not really going to work. Because, well, I guess it would work, but... Um, I think it would, you- because... It, 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 and if, if there was a, a way that... How, how it would work there? I mean, it well, No, it wouldn't work because then um, Vial's bike breaks in qualifying and he's put into EMX 250 for the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's your punishment, bitch. Or, um, <laughs> or, or likewise, someone is like sort of doing third in the EMX 250 championship, does really well in qualifying and then who... Oh, yeah, I mean, EMX 2. No, you'd get away with EMX 250. You wouldn't have a championship. You, it'd be MX 2 and MX 2 support class. Yeah, so at that point, no one would be interested in the EMX250, which is why you just need to merge MX2 and EMX250 together so that everyone's just chasing that MX2 championship. Yeah, but how... So if you're not in that top 40, or if you don't... What I'm saying is there has to be a qualifying 40 yeah, MX2. could be a last chance. Yeah, there could be a last chance that's, race. I mean... Yeah, so that's what that's what we need. We we need that. That's that. I think that's what's really going to grow it now. Because you've got basically 80 people who are going for, um, you know, top 40. And if it comes down to like, you know, injuries and that lot and you get 60 people, then at least you're going to get a full gate of, of, of 40 and everybody's going to be, you know, that that back 30 to 40, they're all going to be battling because they're all going to be the same speed. 2005 MXGP of Spain, there were 39 MX2 riders, two qualifying heats. Obviously, everyone qualified because there was only 39. Um but that wasn't the case all the time that year. 2005 MXGP of Great Britain, there were... Um, please hold. There were... I remember being here and seeing someone not qualify, so... Um, where is it? 
Oh, there were 38 there as well. Well, how the, how the hell did that work? Because I remember watching it there as a nine-year-old. Okay, maybe my nine-year-old memory was a bit off and maybe I didn't fully understand the situation. But I remember watching it and thinking that someone wasn't going to qualify, but maybe I just didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, I'm not sure um, where you got that from, but there we go. Well, um, anyway, um, I, don't th- I don't think that SX Global is any competition to anything in Europe because I don't think that's their market. No. They are, they are trying to compete with America. They're not trying to compete with MXGP. No. And equally, it's too hard for someone from Europe to get into because where are they going to practice? Where are they going to ride? The people in Europe have no idea how to set a bike up for Supercross. So, like, it's too far away for it to impact the European motocross community. Um, and it's the two America, different disciplines as well. It's... You know, they're not mar- they're not marketing a Supercross event to compete with a motocross event. And also, part of the reason that it's going to work for American-based riders is they will be able to do AMA Supercross and then World Supercross. If you're gonna, if you're a European rider, you would just be doing uh, World Supercross, which would mean that your off season would be from November to June. Which okay, it sounds great, but if you're in the prime of your career, you're not going to be having six months off a year, are you? So. I don't think SX Global really makes that big of an impact on the European motocross community. But, yes, I think something needs to happen in MXGP. I would start by looking at the EMX structure and maybe simplifying that a little bit. And then, like I said, immediately after that, I would go straight into looking at um, the overall PR of the series and how to get stories out there, how to improve the way that these riders are presented to the public and how to make it so these riders are superstars. Agreed. I Sua has said to me, he gets more comments about his interviews than he does about his riding, which tells you all you need to know. The world is changing. The world, so, like a rider even, I can't, uh, a rider said to, this to me in Sardinia. They went, to be honest, it seems like whatever I do on the track isn't really going to matter. It's what I do off the track that's really going to like elevate my career. And I was like, well, yeah, unfortunately, and you know what? That was a GP winner who said that to me. That was a GP winner, a current GP winner who said that to me. And wow. I went, you know what? It's weird, but you're not wrong. Like it is kind of 50 50 now. Like, okay, the track is part of it, but also if you're doing that well on the track, you've got to kind of like emphasize that by doing that well off the track. Um, I think that's the two things I would do to MXGP. I would change the TV package, not the package, but the presentation of the TV show to make it a little more of a show rather than just a kind of a race feed. Um, And you know what I would do as well? What? I think that we are... Uh, I think there's too much emphasis going on the EMX classes. I think that EMX shouldn't be on the MXGP social media. And I don't think it should get the same level of coverage as MX2 and MXGP, which it does. WMX does, EMX Two Strokes does, EMX Open does. Like The rider who wins the EMX Open race immediately goes onto the uh, the MXGP Instagram. And I don't think that should be the case. I think MXGP social media should be reserved solely for the best of the best, the creme de la creme. Yeah, which you kind of like strive to, you know, want to be on. Because let's be honest, for EMX Open, like no one really cares. I can, I don't even think I can name five riders in EMX Open. Um, I'm trying to look at what what was. Who is EMX Open? That's where I would go with it. Is um, 
I would look at, I think, I think if anything, that might have been what's happened here. Having so many classes has kind of devalued the level in MXGP and MX2. And now everyone I've heard, I saw someone say today, I can't remember who it was, um, but someone said like, well, you can't get rid of EMX because you want more racing. And like more racing isn't a bad thing, but this is where I would do with it. Actually, hold that thought. That's Eel's question. Tom Grimshaw, Tom, bloody hell. Tom Grimshaw, 61. Would you ever like to see a change in a GP race format? What about a triple triple crown format for two to three rounds? Or have you got any ideas? Do you want to know what I would do? Is I would make it so that on Saturday, no one wants to qualify in race. So this is what I would do. No one wants to qualify in. This is what I would do. Saturday is a free practice and a time practice. The time practice does gate pick for Sunday. Yeah. But, Free practice starts at 12 p.m. midday on the dot. That's a bit weird, don't you think? No. Because what I would do is I would have the morning, Saturday morning, I would have it in every team's contract that their riders have to be at the track from 9 a.m. And in those three hours, they would be doing publicity things, TV interviews, MX Vice interviews, fan interaction, uh, Monster can do their signing thing. Red Bull can do what they want. Like this, this is the time when the athletes are here for the fans, and you can do you basically do what you want with them. And like you can do a media pen in that time, like they do in Formula One and every single other sport. Do press conferences. Why we do press conferences, but we just do the same old press conferences. Let's jazz it up a little bit. Let's bring in some extra riders. Like for same similarly, I can never say that word similarily. No. Um, after the second moto at Parlour, Fox Raceway 1, they pulled Ryan Dungey up for an interview, but he wasn't on the podium. When was the last time you saw MXGP interview someone who wasn't at the podium? Never. Because it's the same routine. So let's get out of that routine. Let's shake things up. And you know what? Let's get rid of the qualifying race. Let's start the riding from midday on Saturday. And let's make Saturday morning all about fan experience and exposing these riders to the fans to make them more superstars. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, like um, it. yeah you're not going to be very popular with the riders making them go there on a 9 a.m. on a Saturday, though. I okay, just that's, that. That, okay, yeah, that, they don't get there. Like, at 10 a.m. then, two hours of media. Yeah. They have to do TV interviews, which would allow the TV crew to do more with their content, pre-race things. Oh, this is what Jeremy Sewer told us. I always use Jeremy as an example. This is what Jeremy Sewer told us uh, earlier this weekend about what his he was struggling with in Spain. Like, you know... Um, Make everyone accessible in that time, and then let's use that to, as a leg up to make these guys superstars again. Yeah, I think that would encourage more people to go back to watching races as well, like sort of getting out there and watching it. Because if you knew that there was a chance that you could interact with your favorite riders, um, and pe- maybe pe- I'm more wrong, people would be inclined and actually visiting instead of watching on TV. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, but I'd rather watch racing. When I was a fan, which sounds weird, but when I was going as a fan, um, when WMX or EMX 125 was on, I was going to get a burger or I was going around the pits. Like, I feel like having a cool fan experience would surely be more Don't you do that now? When the EMX races are on. I still don't know. Race, you just I, go and get, a, get some food. I still don't know who won WMX at the weekend. Yeah, um. That's- nothing will change uh, no um not busy um i was also talking to everyone about pro motocross um 
I'm not going to lie to you, James. Sunday morning, 9am to 12pm, I was walking around the pits and all I was doing was talking to people about their thoughts on parlour. It's great. I really enjoyed myself. Was, um, was everybody else actually like talking to you about it as well? Yeah, everyone was loving it. It was like going, it was like going into school the day after like something big happened the night before on TV. It's like cool. going into school the day after the X Factor final or something. Cool. What what were the thoughts from some of the writers? No, you haven't to name names, but just say what they thought was good good about it. I can't really remember. I think I did most of the talking, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited. Anyway, um, yeah, I feel like as a fan, would you not rather to have a cool experience like like than watch an extra race? Like I don't know, maybe not. But um, and speaking of one thing, they do at the Spanish GP, which I want them to do everywhere. So they have a Prado grandstand. And you know the little Prado flags? Did you see them? Uh, no, I didn't see those, no. Oh, they're little flags with 61 on them, and they're given out for free. I got offered one, so I guess so. Um, I, I politely declined. Um, I went, do you not know who I am? No, I'm joking. Um, I have five. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's do that at every race. At Matterley, okay, you can see the track from everywhere, but let's have a Ben Watson grandstand, because it... It would just give it a bit more of like a vibe. Yeah. Uh, in France, let's have a Tom Vial grandstand. Again, you can see Erne from everywhere. But let's have a Tom Vial grandstand and let's have a Maxime Renault grandstand. And then the TV camera can zoom in on that tight group of people. And it looks like there's such an atmosphere. Because it's like, oh, look at all those Renault fans. You know, let's, let's think differently. And that costs nothing. Let's think differently. What do you mean it costs nothing? Well, okay, putting up a grandstand costs nothing. Where where'd you get that from? Okay, it costs a little money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're free. Just get out to your local Tesco and get a grandstand. You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, but it's still a cost. Yeah, no, but it's like 50 quid. <laughs> 50 quid it's like 150 quid. Oh my God. This I'm sorry, James. <laughs> this is why you're not going to be a promoter. I'm not up to date on the latest scaffolding prices. How much is four pints of milk? I don't know, I don't drink milk. Okay. Um, yeah, that's what, what would you do to change the format? I don't know about a triple crown, but also, actually, this is what I also want to do. So take that idea, develop it further. I want time practice to be a shootout similar to F1. I want uh, two sessions and I want, every, I want people eliminate the top, everyone who's not in the top 10 to be eliminated before the final session. Yeah. I like differently. that. Differently. Like because that. all, all I'm going to say is get rid of the qualifying. It's, it's just a ridiculous thing to have, a qualifying race. It's, they just need to get rid of that as quick as possible. That needs to go. No one cares about a qualifying race because what are you qualifying for? It's like, Jesus. And, okay, and brilliant. Have, We've, everyone's talked about that for years. It's fine. And it just um, needs to go. It just needs to go. It need, like you say, I like that they should be doing more on a Saturday within the pits, interacting with the riders. Uh, I will say I think they can make the time practice and the practice a little bit more exciting. I like what you're saying and yeah, what they're doing in Form out. Formula One shootout. That's quite cool. Because for some reason, I don't actually watch Formula One, but for some reason, I'm always interested every week to see who made it through to Q3. And I don't know why. 
But for some reason, that interests me. Just like, oh, who made it through and who didn't? And I'm like, oh, they've never made it through before. Oh, they don't normally make it through. And then that suddenly gives the 10th and 11th place rider a bit more value because it's like, oh, okay, because we're not having people who aren't qualifying. But by doing that, you're adding an element of, oh, 12th place rider needs a little needs another two tenths to get into the final qualifying session oh 12th place rider geordie tixier i've not paid any attention to you all year but let's see if he can do it eh? and yeah. then suddenly that's that rider's profile raised and the more sponsors come on the sponsors are happy blah 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 call me lewis luongo <laughs> lewis luongo <laughs> what have you been taking since i've been away I've been, I've, well, you haven't been to a GP in a while, but pretty much that speech is me every single week. Oh, wow. I dread to think what I've got to go back to. I'm like, hello, Pit Byer. Me, 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 Anyway. So, Pit, we're going to put me in control, and I'm going to be me in PR, and I'm going to put me. Anyway. Basically, MXGP is me. Anyway. Who is Phillips? Jamnik Philip. How would you rate Beta's 2020 season so far? How is their future looking? Beta or Beaten? Beta. Beta. Uh, well, Van Horbeek's done a great job. Well, he double DNF'd on Sunday. Yeah, but up to that point, he's done quite well. We've been talking about how well he's done this year, previous to my COVID seven weeks out. Um, I probably shouldn't do that. Um, I will say this, Van Horbeek... He hit that hay bale in Latvia before then he'd been in the top 10 in every moto. And then he returned to the top 10 in the four motos that followed that. So Van Horbeek has been a consistent top 10 rider. Um, he DNF both motos on Sunday because the bike couldn't handle the heat, which would be a concern to me if I'm beta because they're going to go American racing next year. Um, and it's hot there. Um, maybe they could just do Canada. Or maybe like Antarctica or something. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's have I seen the progress that I expected to after a solid first year? Eh, it's probably much of the same. There isn't any. I wouldn't say there's any real progress there. But again, we've got a new manufacturer in the sport. Let's pump that up on TV. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I take full blame as well. I've not done enough to pump up beta. Yeah, but you certainly haven't. You do fuck all. But but what? But there again, have they done enough to talk to us? No, but this is what, what I want to do, James. Is I want to put up a stage in the pits, right? I want to build a stage using my fifty quid that I use that I was going to buy a grandstand with. Yeah, I'll buy a stage. I want to gather everyone from mechanics to riders to team managers to sponsors. I want to get everyone there. How, grab my, how are you getting your stage to the event? It does that doesn't matter? I'm going to stand there. I'm going to get on stage, and I'm going to go. We all need to do better. Every single one of us here, we can do better with this championship. Let's make our guys important. Let's make this exciting. Let's get those stories out there. Come on, everyone. We're all in this together. We can think differently. Behind me will be a backdrop that says hashtag Think Differently. Um, that's that's what I want to do. Wow. I feel like I've been you away for more than seven weeks. <laughs> you know what? I don't know what's happened. People have compared me to Martin Luther King. <laughs> I, I, I need to check out soon because I've been really ill and I don't know if I can cope with this. <laughs> <laughs> my, my doctor said baby steps and this is not baby steps. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, can we can we can we move on to the next question? Because I feel like that guy's got a lot of bang for his buck. Um, JCMF twenty four twenty four. Like that guy doesn't even exist. Is actually AKA Lewis Phillips. That is my favourite thing to talk about because I genuinely feel like it's an easy fix. Which okay. is why when I get on stage and I'm hashtagging think differently. Sure, and, and um, I'm just going to bring you back to your easy fixes when you think putting a stand up for 150 quid. Be, I'm not saying it'll be stable. <laughs> <laughs> or even still. It's probably I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's going to pass health and safety, but it'll be a grand stand. <laughs> <laughs> It'll yeah. do. <laughs> Just saying. Or, you know, ideas are great, but you've got to be able to implement them and you've got to be able to do it, you know, within reason of cost. Doesn't sound like you're thinking differently, James. Sounds like you're just thinking <laughs> in that same box. <laughs> okay, you and your you and your straw uh, grandstand. Do you want to know it's exciting? Um, hit me. In Indonesia, everyone's staying in the same hotel. So I'm really going to have... That might be the time when I get on my stage. <laughs> okay, okay. But tell everybody what type of hotel it is. No, because I, I don't know if that was just a rumor. So I don't know if it's oh. confirmed. Oh, okay. No, but the rumor... Well... Can you can you say about no, the rumor? Because well, I think it's quite funny. We'll, we'll get to that in the last part of the show. Okay. Remind, well, that can be the Planet Motor Bombshell. Oh, okay. um, also coming up is I'll tell you what's coming in the next two weeks for this podcast and much more. Ooh. And also, I'll tell you what I know about silly season because a lot is happening. Um, JCMF2424, what's up with Prado? When healthy, he was a tick below hurlings last year. Now he looks just like another rider, even when 100%. Is it the new bike and lack of data? Maybe a mental thing. What's your opinion? I think we did that, didn't we? We did, and I do agree with that guy. Is that yeah, he's a great not, question, though. Yeah, it's a great question, and, and, and he's definitely not where he should be, and he's definitely not where he was. He's, I don't know. It's, I, I, I wonder whether it is a confidence issue and I wonder whether on the front of it, he's saying, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's great. Da, da, da. But behind the scenes, maybe it's not. Okay. So Maxime Renault for Erne has released merchandise and flags, which although is thinking differently and I like that, it's not enough because why the hell haven't you had merchandise before now? Think differently. Like, like it's fine. So basically, Maxime, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't with Lewis no, Phillips. Let's go further. Let's go further. Let's let's take that further. Let's let's well, take it even let's further. Let's just give him some credit for doing it. Yeah, give him credit. Merch. Give him credit. Everyone does merch. Let's take it further. What what do you want him to do? I don't know. Sign build a tips. grandstand. <laughs> basically, <laughs> all I want is someone to build a grandstand. At this point, I'm obsessed with <laughs> for 150 quid. Yeah, but that can be on the TV show, can't it? It'd be like Bargain Hunt. Like, line up four riders outside the Spanish shopping mall and be like, right, you've got 30 minutes. I want you to find the uh, find the equipment to build a grandstand for 150 quid. Go. No, what you should do is you put, should put four riders outside the mall and say who can get the most amount of fans. Um, do you know what confused me in Spain? Uh, life. In the mall, there was an Ikea but it was the size of like a small shop. Well, okay. What were they selling? I don't know. It was closed, but Ikea is normally a massive thing, isn't it? It's doing and well. It's just like a little thing. <laughs> maybe the, maybe the test store is not quite what it should be. Anyway. Um, yeah. Good question about Prado. R. Davis 284. Will Conrad still? Yeah, we did that. 
but I'll read his question anyway. Please. Will Conrad still get the Diga 450 ride that was apparently a done deal when he returns? R. Davis 284. We did that, but thanks for your question. Cal Crossland 26. What can we expect of MXGP in 10 years? Oh, Christ. Here we go again. <laughs> Bat- batten up the ashes. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I feel like we moved on, but here we go again. <laughs> There's a chance we're still going to be doing the same TV show and asking people in the middle of the races how they see this panning out. <laughs> oh my god. Um, oh, Mystic Megan Pit Lane. <laughs> oh. Um, what? I think it'll be fine. Everyone, like everyone's overreacting. Last year was incredible. If you'd if you'd asked this question last year, I even said this to a team manager over the weekend. I was like, last year, if you'd brought anyone to motocross like a potential sponsor. You could have had any title sponsor that you wanted. This year, not so much. <laughs> like, it just it goes in ebbs and flows. Like, right, like, it's funny. It can, it changes so quickly. Uh, something happens to Geyser, say, because second, third, and fourth in the championship are only separated by 48 points. Say something happens to Geyser and he misses two rounds. Suddenly... Who wins this championship? I don't know. There are five contenders. Like, and suddenly, this is the best season ever. And we'll all forget that the start was a little rocky. Now, I don't see this panning out like that, but maybe. I'm not there. Um, if, I'm no Mystic Meg, but I don't know, yeah. Let, let me uh, ask you one thing. If you, uh, you're, you're not really into football, are you? So it's, this is a bit difficult. What's that? So, have you seen the emergence over the last year of women's football? (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with you? Is that a serious question? (laughs) Oh, my God. Right. So, if you go onto the Sky Sports app, so, like, most normal people probably, you know, open up Sky Sports app. And what's interesting is before where... Uh, you'd have like transfer news and stuff like that. It would just show like men, like, you know, transfer news going to teams. It now integrates like women who are, you know, um, so it does male and female like transfer news and stuff like that. What they've tried to do with Sky Sports is 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 make it all equal. And I just wonder if in the next 10 years, women's motocross will be even bigger. Um, you know, because uh, women's, motocross, uh, women's football now, is, is, you know, that, they're earning a lot of money it's you know the teams are, are spending a lot of money on on good women's player i i wonder in 10 years whether we'll see um a real shift in women's motocross also kind of um also unexpected. i think women's motocross will be really big in 10 years and i also th- i also think we'll see um electric bikes included so electric, yeah, I guess electric thing. Electric bikes will be in MXGP and MX2, and and what'll be interesting then is we're going to see a whole host of new manufacturers, which means new manufacturers, new bikes. You know these these guys which have been spending a lot of money on developing these bikes. Um, these bikes are not just going to be motocross bikes; they're going to be adapted for enduro trails. They're going to be quiet. Um, you know. <laughs> They're really, uh, you, you only got to look at the Formula E series, um, and there's a massive tax write off there. But I, I think we're going to see massive changes, uh, to manufacturers, um, to brands, to the bikes. Uh, and also, I think I feel like, uh, women's motocross will, will be a lot bigger than it is now. Okay. Um, 
That's nice. Um, Mark Davis 3199. <laughs> Will there actually be any British fighters in MXGP <laughs> next year? <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> uh, how? How you have not been taken out by a women's motocross rider? Uh, that's nice. It is good for them if it happens. Good for them. Good what it is, isn't it? Is, how is it good not good for, for them? Women. How is it not good for them if it happens? It's good, isn't it? <laughs> I want to see every. I, I think everyone has a sh- deserves a shot. Let's get more EMX classes. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get knocked out by a woman one day. No, no. I was just making a, a joke about um yeah. my EMX opinion. No, you, yeah. Um, Mark Davis 3199 will there actually be any British riders in MXGP next year Uh, Comrade really yeah I think Comrade will get a deal you think he'll get a 450 deal yeah have you well at the moment Jonas Bogers Koldenoff Evans Fernandez Watson Vlanderin Jazakonis and others are all looking for rides I still believe he'll get a ride. Who with? What level of team? Ah, you didn't tell me what level. I said no, but, no, I know, but I'm just I'm one. I'm asking your opinion. Um, I don't know. Uh, he's got a lot of people backing him this year. Uh, I'm yeah, not but saying... I think I thought they didn't want to do his own team again. I who knows? I mean, a lot of people might be forced to to do their own thing. We might see more. Yeah, like, but would he? I feel. I think he'd. Would he not? If he, if it's a choice between doing his own thing in GPS or just doing the British Championship, I feel like he'd just choose doing the British Championship. Or it, it depends on money. It depend. It depends on a lot of variables, doesn't it? I, I, I just think that um, there's there's quite a few opportunities out there, which which might you know we. There, we've heard teams going away. We've you know we've heard manufacturers maybe coming in. Who knows? I feel like you are trying to tell me something. Like you, oh, no, I, I'm not trying to tell you something. I just don't... I I think... I think... Look at it like this way as well. I mean, he might come into the Diga 450 and might be top six. Yeah, but the problem is, if he, even if he does that, I feel like his card is marked. I don't think it is. I think everyone has an opinion of Conrad, which is going to be very hard to change now. Uh, it, it may be, but once you start getting results... Like two years ago, change. two years ago, I decided that I really don't like you. And it's now very hard for you to change that opinion. Yeah, but you're a knob. That's, that's how it goes, isn't it? Like you get a idea of someone or a, uh, you get a, um, you build a perception of someone and it's very hard to change that opinion. But anyway, um, and Watson will obviously get a ride. He'll, he, um, I, 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 I have heard people say in the paddock, we all know how fast Ben is. So no, it's not like any, like, obviously there's things going on this year. Yeah, no but- one. Yeah, but Lewis, into thinking. L- look at it this way: we all thought Max was going to get a ride in MXGP. Yeah, he could have had a ride. He could have when he went to Hep. He could have had there were two or three offers in MXGP. Yeah, but they weren't any good. No, there was uh, there was some money on the table. No, they, they were no good. Okay, who do you want to talk to about who knows more about Max Ansi's situation? Because I feel like I've probably got you beaten this one. You've got me beaten on this one. I've got you beaten this one. Um, I'm sure you have. We all know how close you and Max are. No, but all, like I know this. I obviously know. I know what offers were on the table yeah, and what money the, they were. But the offers were not worth riding in the world championship, were they? Well, depends on how you categorize that. Well, no, because he would have rode. Well, no, because he had an offer. If he if he did have an offer in America, he would have. Yeah. 
Okay. But at the end of the day, all the factory rides went for Max Anstey, even though he'd won a GP that year. Not that he actually, didn't win a GP, didn't win GP but he showed, um, he showed really good speed, really good promise, didn't he? Like, it wasn't a washout year. Like, think of Falcons fired when he was leading Caroli. Yeah, well, you never know what's going to happen, but I would imagine, um, I think people, um, I think I, uh, Ben will get right. If nothing else, the marketing value of a Watson wagon is worth millions. I'd imagine Apple will probably start a team for that. Look, I, do you know, I, I just seen what happened to that year with Max, and i got to be honest, nothing shocked me since. Nothing shocked you since? Well, nothing will shock me since that, because that was a real shock. Yeah, but by that, but then why can't that happen to Mitch? Why can't that happen well, to no, no, X Rider? Like, no, the reason why anyone. the reason why I'm saying that is because motocross was in a really good place. So in in that year, motocross was in a really good place. There was money. There was no COVID. Uh, Max was riding well, and he didn't get a ride. What I'm saying is, we're heading into a recession, whether people like it or not. We're going into a recession. There's going to be a lot of people what's going to pull back on sponsorship. There's going to be a lot less money um within motocross next year so i think we're going to see quite a few riders without a team next year and they're going to have to do their own thing okay and that's just my opinion and, and very negative of you i'm hey realist yeah because that's that's, that's exactly what's happening out in the world i know that you don't like to look at um news channels in, in stuff outside of motocross but there's some serious shit going on and okay. th- and that affects what people can spend. Even rich people are going to find it. At Adam McGrath, what is the best track on the calendar? Good atmosphere, great beer prices, etc. Lomo is is awesome. See, I put people off Lomo a little bit because you can't see anything. Still, great time though, and it's packed. There's uh, Erne Saint John. Do you know the one which I really like? Yes, Saint John Erne. They're brilliant, and also Udavala. Udavan, I really liked Valkensvard when Valkensvard was there, but obviously it's not there. Um, Who was it? Some. I was talking to someone about Udavala go karting at a weekend. So yeah, that's we... good. That's exciting. Yeah, that's good. It's cheap it, as well. It's just weird though because you just go into that quarry. Yeah, but you go go karting. Yeah, I know you go go karting. I said to somebody else about that as well. Um, I, I really got... want to do an MX Vice go karting invitational there, but I, I agree. I, I don't think I've ever. Before MX, before MX Vice and during MX Vice, I've always had a great French GP. I don't think you can go wrong with going to a French GP. They're always really good. Um, I would say Majora, but Majora was dead this year. Where when we went for the Nations in a GP previously, it was really good. Especially well, the Nations is going to be, isn't it? Yeah, but didn't they ride? Was it the year before, or was it the same year they rode Majora and then the Nations? They never do the Nations and the GP. It must have been the year year before, but the year before that, it was packed, and it was really good. Um, Um, Latvia's always a little bit quiet because of uh, it's not got that many people there, but really good. It's nice to go to Riga and stuff like that. Um, Atmosphere-wise... Yeah, it'd have um, to be a French one. Yeah, French. Well, the Spanish one, atmosphere-wise, is quite good with the fan- Spanish fans, but Portuguese, obviously the rest of it... Portuguese is okay. But, uh, but it's dead there. Was it? It wasn't dead when we went a few years ago. It's kind of dead. Okay. All right, and yeah, you're, you're all buggered, so you can all be going to France. At the Quagrain, who will replace Watson at Kawasaki? Fernandez, Vlandering, etc. Um, Interesting this, actually, because 
I heard that Kawasaki were going to go hard after Fernandez, and if Fernandez goes to HRC, I wonder who Kawasaki get. Maybe they re-sign Watson, but I'm not sure that anyone would want to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know who else they would get other than for, like because Fernandez definitely seems to be the, the hot guy right now. Would Jonas go back to Ice One? I don't know. What about Evans? Um, yeah, maybe. Flandering, obviously, is a pick. Um, yeah. I think I mean, Cold North will end up back at Yamaha. I, I I can't believe after Calvin's just gone one-one, how he's not on teams' radars. Who said he's not on teams' radars? No, but like, I feel like there should be more talk about it. I think people should be. You've not been at the races, so you don't know what talk there's been. <laughs> well, obviously, you're not doing a very good job. You of should what? be spreading rumors. Oh, um. Yeah, I, don't, I actually don't know if that, if if they don't get Fernandez, I don't know who their number two option would be. Maybe Strivos. <laughs> See, do, do you know? I, I don't know if if uh, there's an opportunity there or whatever, but I feel Vlanderen would be. Um, I, I could see Vlanderen HRC. No, it, HRC will be Fernandez or Evans. Oh, okay, they're, they're not between change. those two. Oh, okay, they're not changing. It's even going to be those two. Okay. Yeah, it's between those two. Um, it'll be one of them. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, because Kawasaki, Kawasaki have been quite interested in Fernandez for a while now, and if they don't get him, which right now I feel like they won't, um, I don't know who their next in line would be. I, I might ask someone. Um, anyway, yeah, that is that is. Liat protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. That is Liat Ask Vice Anything. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year. The 2022 gear is now available worldwide and there are many lines for you to consider. For 3.5 ride kit and affordable combo, the 4.5 jersey and pants, the 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, and the 5.5 jersey and pants. There is so much to consider. There is an advanced range of moto helmets at Liat 2, including the 9.5 carbon, 8.5 composite, 7.5 and 3.5. The Liat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colours to suit all tastes. The 9.5, 8.5 and 7.5 helmets also come with a free pair of bulletproof velocity goggles. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. That concludes part two of the MX-5 show and part two was presented by Scott Sports. Ready? Oh, <laughs> we are ready. The Scott the Scott Prospect Amplifier Goggle not only defends, but also amplifies your vision while riding. The advanced pre-curved lenses are injection molded to provide greatly improved contrast and optical clarity, allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. With over 50 years of experience producing market-leading goggles for the motocross and off-road market, the engineers at Scott have taken off-road optical performance to the next level with the Scott Amplifier Prospect Goggle. The Scott Amplifier Tint is designed to let some specific colours through to your eye while filtering out others to create a high contrast within the terrain that you are, lo that you are looking at. What are the main benefits of this technology? One, allows you to see contours, ruts and transitions in the dirt in ultra high definition. Two, works for motocross, enduro, rally and everything in between. Three, builds rider confidence and speed through improved visual clarity. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com and amplify your vision. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts for Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces and Armour Nutrition. 
That's part two. We'll be back in one minute with part three. Stay tuned. See you in a bit. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAC continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free LIAC bulletproof velocity goggles, LIAC has you covered. Shop LIAC's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to part three of the MX Vice Show, episode 100. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Part three is presented by our friends at Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Every top satellite team in the MXGP paddock relies on Prox to bridge that gap to factory teams. Need proof of that? Stefan Rubini on Honda SR is battling for podiums in the MX2 class against factory teams. 250s where factory teams really have an edge and he is able to be competitive against the very best thanks to the Prox racing parts on his bike. Any bike, any model, any year. Head to proxpro-x.com and find out what is available for your bike. Spoiler alert, there will be many, many, many products. Cost-effective, best quality, everything you could want for your motorcycle. Thank you to Prox Racing Parts. So, 7,000 products available on evenstrokes.com. You're so predictable. As I was saying that, I was like, I know he's going to jump in with that. You're so predictable. You're like a clock. I just know exactly where you're gonna where you're gonna point I'm, to. I'm not gonna lie, we love Prox, we stock Prox, and I believe we have one of the biggest, uh, you know, in stock Prox products in the country. That's that's great for you. Enjoy, I'm happy for you. Um, so, what do you want to talk about? Let's talk uh, about I- this. What was the thing I said was going to be the Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week? Uh, that was where you're going to be staying, uh, Indonesia. Oh, yes. Please talk well, about we might as well do that. I think that's a bit it's of, going to be awesome. That's a bit of insight into what's coming up. So, um, obviously, we've got France this weekend, Germany, then a weekend off, then Indonesia. So, Indonesia. Um, the island that we're racing on has nothing. There are no flights to the island. There is no hotel on the island. Hang on a minute. No flights? There's no flights. How the hell are you getting there? Well, that's kind of where I'm going. So there's nothing. Um, it's impossible. You, there are no flights. This sounds so, like an absolute shit show before we even start, but carry on. MXGP have chartered a flight that is going to take us all from Jakarta, the capital, to Samata Sabrabra. So, <laughs> to where? Samata Sabrabra. <laughs> that is what it's called, Samata Sabrabra. 
Samata Sambara is what it is actually technically called. Right. Um, so they're going to... Ch- so basically, when we land in Jakarta, which is the main international airport in Indonesia, there is going to be an MXGP desk. And from there, they will take us to our charter flight, which is going to fly... Now, the question I have is if there are no flights to this island, surely that means there isn't an airport. So where do we land? That is my question that I haven't got an answer to. But anyway. Have you actually checked the island out to see if it's actually got anything to land on? That's exactly what I just said. Um, yeah, but like, well, have you gone to like Google Maps and had a look? I just landed like a sweet corn field or something, weren't we? Sweet corn? <laughs> a tomato field or something. Where did you know. get that from? Land in a farmer's backyard. Um, so, and there are no hotels either. Like you, if you search Samata Shabara on booking.com or something there are no hotels so mxgp are chartering us a flight which we have to pay for and putting us up in a hotel which we have to pay for i tell you what this sounds like this really needs to be on the calendar it sounds rumor, like this is really going to take motocross forward rumor at a weekend is that the hotel we're staying at is a cruise ship so karaoke at night arcade online casino like basically casino on the sh- on the ship I may never leave. Maybe you got one of those surfing things. You know, they, like, they have like a wave machine where you can surf on and stuff like that. Maybe it's a Disney cruise. Maybe I'll get to meet Mickey Mouse. They'll probably dress you up. But one thing we do know is this cruise will have a stage. So, oh, differently. Oh, 150 um, quid stage? Probably. Um, no, so that's the route. Like, I've actually seen the plot of land that the track's going to be on. It's actually not bad. Like, it's... <laughs> It's got elevation. It's got elevation. It's got um, a bit of character to it. Has it got grassy? Yes, yeah, grassy. Oh, amazing. Um, yes, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, I've actually got a video that I can share on MX Vice, actually, oh, off the back I of this to show everyone the field. Genuinely um, can't wait to see this field. Anyway, so that's that's the idea. Um, yeah, so maybe the rumor's wrong, but the rumor at the weekend is that we're staying on a cruise ship. So, yeah, karaoke every night. <laughs> I, I do I can't take this serious anymore. They're also um you can't rent a car, so they're also putting on shuttle buses to take us to and from our hotel to a track. So basically Do they have electric? VIP, I'm doubt it. Who can forget the first year that I went to Indonesia where I had an I had two phones, my new phone and my very, very old iPhone, and when someone saw my very, very old iPhone, they cried because they were like, Oh my god. <laughs> What is this future machine? <laughs> um, I like Indonesia. Lots of fans. I sign a lot of autographs. Don't think they know who I am, but I think I'm someone. So hey, I'll run with it. They've never seen a tall white man like you before. It's always exciting for me. They think I'm a rider. So um, there's probably a lot of Indonesians out there who have signed <laughs> Lewis posters on the wall and probably think it's from like Hermes or something. It's <laughs> all right. Oh, they're happy. Um, yeah, I guess that is your Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. Thanks to the guys at Planet Moto Holidays. Dates through October to the def- dates through October to December are available to book now. Secure your spot for just two hundred pounds on planetmoto.co or message Planet Moto Holidays on Facebook and Instagram ride tracks like red sand as soon as possible the off season really isn't that far, isn't too far away so why not start your planning now secure your spot in spain live the life whether you're a pro rider a weekend warrior or anything in between planet motor holidays have customizable patch packages that suit you 
So I recommend that you get on that. Planet Motor Holidays on social media. Jump in, live the dream, and never be happier. You won't be able to wipe that smile off your face. Maybe listen to this podcast. That'll do it. Um, also to talk about, this is episode 100, and it's obviously very similar to normal. Likely in two weeks, maybe next week, but likely in two weeks, um, we will be live on YouTube and have a lot of jazz. <laughs> a lot of jazz. There'll be a lot of jazz. Um, also, we'll have riders calling in um, as long as they return my calls, which is debatable. Um, we'll have videos. We'll have just about... It'll, it'll, be, it'll be full jazz compared to this. So um, it, it's kind of ready now, but I just feel like I want to run some vigorous tests. Um, really iron some things out before we roll it out so either 101 or 102 either of those um yeah it'll be an all new mx vice show which is what we've been promising and although it's not episode 100 which makes me sad we will be delivering so don't worry um and yeah it means you'll be able to talk to riders and do all of that stuff as well so it's all very exciting um and yeah good times good times ahead thank you for your support of the mx vice show thank you for your support of mx vice um we will now endeavour to do a show every single week. Although when I'm on my cruise ship in Indonesia, that may be difficult. And it sinks. Um, yeah, and I just want to thank everyone. I've had uh, a lot of messages. Well, wait, all two. I haven't managed to get back to everybody because, like, I've I've been pretty ill. But um, I just want to thank everyone for the nice words and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, much appreciated. And also, it's pretty cool that actually people. Uh, like the show and have been missing it. I don't. Uh, it's surprising, but that's news to you. But then you do live a weird life. Um, it's called a normal life. <laughs> like you know, we live like a family and 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 kids and a job and um, you know, stuff like going on. What do you want to discuss? Uh, well, uh, I would like to tell you about my exciting news. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, so uh, when I was ill, I managed uh, to open up uh, an email this week when I felt much better, and Royal Enfield has offered me a road bike. Ta-da! Not a sponsor of this podcast, so not a sponsor of this podcast yet. But um, yeah, I'm talking to those guys, and because I just know I've missed riding. I passed my like bike test a couple of years ago, and I haven't done anything since. And then I had to, I haven't had a, the Kawasaki because I sold the Kawasaki um, and put the money. They into didn't the offer business. you a new one because they weren't happy with the return. No, they were happy to return, but they, the, the Kawasaki 250 was so popular with sales wise um, during COVID. The bike's incredible that they didn't even have enough um, for any press bikes. So Kawasaki UK, yeah. And I even tried factory Kawasaki near the same. Just the Kawasaki KX250F was so popular with sales that the dealers couldn't get enough in. So, um, hey, that's how it was. But I am looking looking to get another off-road bike as well, but I am going to be on the road. COVID didn't finish you off. Hopefully this will. (laughs) You're such a tosser. Um, yeah, so that's my thing. Um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what about you, Liz? Uh, you've just been doing what? Um, wheeling and dealing. <laughs> right, yeah. Because you're now, a, are you a rider agent? No. No? A rider no. advisor? No, I just offer my opinion. Advisor to the riders. Yeah, people just ask my opinion, don't they? Yeah. So I, just offer, I, gave my, I give my opinion back. Yeah. Okay. 
people like me a lot more than you think. Um, yeah. yeah. So Ern A this weekend, uh, obviously weird, like actually very strange that we haven't been to Ern A since 2017. Um, 2017? Like, yeah, it, really no. strange. Um, we were meant to Are go you... there for the 20... Yep, certain. We were meant to go there for the 2020 Nations, um, but obviously COVID. And then I think they had some financial trouble before COVID. Because if I remember right, there was a big rainstorm and it caused a bridge to collapse or something. So I think they, I think they were in a bit of financial trouble for a little while. Hang on a minute. I, are you sure about this? I'm absolutely certain. 2017. Because what, what about when Fox had the Moto 74 show? What about it? <laughs> Wasn't that like just two years ago? Instant Sean. No. Oh. Um, Ern A, the last time we went to Ern A, this is this will shock you. The last time we went to Ern A, the winner, DeSalle, retired. Caroli, the retired. Third, Paul Ann, retired. Fourth, Nagel, retired. Um Well actually, the last from the last time that we went to Ern A, six of the top ten are no longer in MXGP. I'm shocked that we've not been to Ern A since 17. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I, I actually can't. I'm, I'm like kind properly of like, shocked. Properly shocked. Yeah, I'm a little bit like uh, intrigued to see what it's actually like because, like, I can barely remember being there. Um, because normally, obviously, they alternate with Saint John, but Saint, like for the reasons I mentioned, Saint John's kind of dominated recently. Yeah. Um, so, so what Saint John was nineteen and twenty. Nineteen and eighteen. We didn't go to France in twenty. We didn't go, to, and then last year we went to uh, La Capelle, obviously, which was terrible. I'm not gonna mince my words. Just <laughs> but I, I I can remember I'm sure I went to a French GP where Benestant came up from EMX two fifty to and Guadagini both well, what well, year was that? Well, um Benestant was in EMX two fifty in twenty twenty and we didn't and you didn't go to it. That was Lommel. That was Lommel. No. Well, Benestant's last to... year in EMX two fifty was twenty twenty and there was no French GP, so I don't know what I don't know what you want me to tell you. I feel like I've missed part of my life. 2019 MXGP of France. I'll see if for some reason Benestant went up to MX2 then, but I doubt it. Um, nope. Oh, it's crazy. Like even you look at the MX2. Adam you Sperry look at eighth. That was China. <laughs> Great. Right now I'm on France. Oh, Adam Sterry Sith in France. What year? 2019. The results say fifth. Uh, I'm looking at race two. Oh. Um, yeah, but if you look, like, the only rider who's still in MX2 out of all of these names, well, the only two riders are Viao and Gertz. Darian Sinai. And Pankar. Bas Anyway, nice little trip down memory lane, that. But anyway, what I was going to say is massive storms forecast from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh, murder and Renee, that'd be fun. So there's a chance that no one will be getting round, but uh, hey, that'll spice things up. It will. It could spice up the championship as well. Ben Watson victory confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's very realistic that it rains a lot. Ben wins, uses that momentum to win the rest of the races and goes on to be your 2021, 2022 world champion. 2021. <laughs> Um, anyway, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Anything else to add? 
no, apart from you seem to have had a lot of struggles with talking today. So uh, I hope that becomes, you know, better for well, you. You've had so little to contribute. That I'm, I've had to like talk way more than normal. Are you going to start reciting that Scott advert? Because that seemed to be the, the start of your troubles. I nailed it the second time. Okay. It felt like you were laughing halfway through the second oh, time. Oh, before we go, um, I'd like to remind everyone that... Uh, support for MX Vice is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MXVICE, all caps, one word at manscaped.com. That's MXVice, all caps, one word. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped is a game changer. Inside that package, you will find their Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Use the code MXVice, all caps, one word, on any of the products on manscaped.com and you will receive 20% off and free worldwide shipping. So if you're in Australia, New Zealand, America, Canada, Netherlands, UK, MX Vice, all caps, one word, and you will receive 20% off. That's MX Vice, all caps, one word. So, anything else to add? Uh, no, I'm just happy to be back. Happy to be here and yeah, looking forward to next week already. Part 3 was presented to you by Prox Racing Parts who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. That's episode 100 of the MX5 show. We're finally back. We will be back with episode 101 next week for sure. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience. We will see you next week. Bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.